This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today, we have Carrie on from Searchlight, and our topic today is rewarding recruiters by changing the metrics they're measured on. Fantastic topic. I love Carrie. I love Searchlight, and so I just can't wait to get into it. Carrie, would you do us a favor and introduce both yourself and Searchlight? Morris and William, so great to be back on this podcast and great to see you at HR Tech. Uh, I'm Carrie. I'm the CEO co-founder of Searchlight. I would call myself a people geek. I've always been fascinated with what makes great teams work. I got my undergrad in org behavior. I think I'm my master's in computer science. And so Searchlight is very much the marriage of my two passions. How do we add more science into the art of recruiting? Uh, Searchlight is a predictive talent solution used by companies like Coinbase, TalkDesk, Udemy, Zapier, and it's all about how do we help them become more predictive in the way that they are bringing in the right people to the organization and improving quality of hire. So small firms that no one's really heard of is really what I got. <laughs> so uh, what? Are, let's deal with the current metrics because um, kind of I grew up through up here. I'm squarely Gen X, so I grew up in a period where time to hire, time to fill, you know, cost of, you know, cost of hire, things like that, kind of these, these metrics that lingering around, like you'd like to kill them off. So let's, from your perspective and your clients, things that you've seen, what are they being measured on currently? Let's just for the audience, let's paint that picture. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Well, the first thing I'll say is that recruiters are just so instrumental to the health of a business and really instrumental to the growth of it, where, if you think about it, a company is just a group of people aligned mm-hmm. towards a common mission and recruiters are on the front lines helping bring in the right people to make that comp- uh, to make up that company. And a lot of times recruiters, they get into the, the space um, to be able to connect people to the right jobs or the right company. Um, but when you go down to the metrics by which we measure them, um, a lot of times they're at odds with this higher level goal of recruiting. On the quantitative side, exactly what you said, the metrics are things like time to hire, time to fill, offer close rates, things like that. It's very productivity uh, driven, very uh, time driven. On the qualitative side, we have things like hire manager satisfaction, candidate experience, ENPS, and then retention and attrition. Um, But when they're qualitative like that, they are hard to measure. And so there's an overemphasis on the first part, the qualitative side. Now, I would argue that anytime you want to get to a good outcome, you need paired metrics. So it's all about how do we balance out the scales here? How do we still, yes, look at things like time to fill, but then look at things like the goodness that comes out of it, the high level value, the quality of hire. I love that. So Let's deal with quality hire because it was going to be one of the things I wanted to bring up. What's your take? Because I think uh, I think pretty much every time I talk to somebody, there's a different working definition of <laughs> quality of hire. I'm not sure we've got some standards around it, but 
What's what? What would you like for the standard to be for quality of hire? Well, simply put, quality of hire is the impact that a new hire has for the organization. And so if you boil it down to it, the impact of a person is all about, well, what is their performance and what is their tenure? And so quality of hire is very much, how do you look at someone's performance and retention in the organization? But when you apply that into the recruiting space, I think that it's only fair to be able to hold recruiters towards the first six months of someone's on the job. Because right. anytime after the first six months, well, there's a lot of confounding factors that would impact someone's performance or retention. So very much have to look at leading indicators of performance and retention in the first six months to be able to understand someone's quality of hire as impacted by recruiting. I, I 100% agree with you. I, uh, I also think that uh, kind of a, one of the holy grails of recruiting is tying what you just said as, as a working definition of quality of hire to source of hire. So if, if we can, if we can figure out, okay, you know, Janet's done a wonderful job. We placed her for six months. She's amazing. All-star great. But that clock, you know, stopped if you will. And then the manager can take it on all that stuff. But if we can go back to where we got Janet <laughs> and find out like, okay, Janet came from GitHub or whatever the bit is. Where did Janet come from? Came from, excuse me. Where did she, where, where did she come from? And then how do we now get, go get more Janets? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Do you, do your that clients make, or do you see that? So that makes so much sense. And so what you're describing is a lot of what our customers are looking for and implementing with Searchlight, which is a feedback loop. It sounds so simple, right? Of course, right. if you're spending so much time, so much money bringing in people into your company, of course you want to know what's working and what's not and use that data to feed back into the hiring process to, yes, look at where Janet came from, but also what are the attributes and skills of Janet that is making her successful, oh, that's right? Cool. How do you become much more predictive at being able to find more Janet's And I think it's critical to not only look at where Janet came from, but also her skills and attributes, because that's how you can build a truly more objective and unbiased hiring process. You want to look at the universal building blocks that makes Janet successful so you can open up your talent pools and find more of them um, for your company. So I want to go backwards to then go forward. uh, And I'll preface this by saying I despise software categories. Um, because I just think most people get mislabeled uh, and misunderstood because of these arcane kind of little boxes. Uh, but I didn't ask you at the beginning of this, what, you know, HR and recruiting budgets are built in Excel. So it, your search like comes from somewhere, comes out of some budget on some line, some some row and some column. So where, where do people tend to kind of put you? That is a very good question. And I would actually say um, I completely agree with you because um, in terms of being able to put us into a box, like I think our customers are the best people to ask, right? And even last week when I was at HR Tech, I was talking to one of our customers and I said, well, what category would you as a customer put Searchlight in? Mm -hmm. And she said, yes, it comes out of her general people budget. But she said, you know, search like the quality of hire solution. That is what I'm looking for. And um, where that even came from too is, you know, 
business leaders from the very top of the organization, from the board and the CEO, are increasingly asking, what is the quality of hire at our organization, mm -hmm. right? It's uh, two major factors. One is how we got here, which is that we've had a two to three year period of incredible growth where many, many companies have hired super fast. So all of a sudden they're looking at their company and saying, wow, we have now all these people, but how great are they, right? That's one question. What is the quality of the people that we've just brought in? Then we also have these business leaders looking forward and looking at this uncertain economic environment and thinking, oh, I actually don't think that we can hire at nearly the same pace and speed of velocity as before. Now, every single new hire is even more critical to get right. And so what is our quality of hire? And so all of this has created just a cacophony of questions from the very top of the business saying, hey, Mr. or Mrs. Chief People Officer, or Mr. or Mrs. You know, VP of Talent, um, what is our quality of hire? And now we have these uh, people and talent leaders asking, wait, where is my quality of hire solution? How do I uh, improve that and measure that at my company so that I can address what the business needs? So uh, first time someone's used cacophony on the podcast, which ding, thank you so much for increasing the intelligence of the, uh, of the audience. So this is going to be kind of a uh, ish loaded question. Um, but but not meant to be. Uh, it's your thoughts on comp, especially not staffing, because that's a different bailiwick altogether. But in on the corporate side, comp being tied in some way to quality of hire. Like, what do you just personally like? What do you think? You know, pros and cons, obviously. But what do you think about bonusing or having a part of their package where not only are they measured? but they're also rewarded based on quality of hire. I absolutely think that recruiters should be rewarded on quality of hire, right? Um, because we know this, we know that a lot of times recruiters are rewarded on time to fill. Right. And the thing is, is if you over-index on time to fill, yeah, well, then just... you're forcing people to make really bad trade-offs, right? Yeah. Like you're continually <laughs> forcing them to just trade off quality for speed, and that's not good for everyone right. or you know, for the business. So how do you actually balance out the scales? Well, you should also reward based on the quality. And I have heard time and time again from our customers that a lot of times the best hires are the ones that just take a little bit longer to get right, right? And so why would you disincentivize that when a great hire can deliver four to 10X value to the business than you know, an average hire that may or may not work out. I love it. And I, I agree. It's, I think sometimes hard to implement. I mean, you know, it's a good idea. I think a lot of people think it's a good idea. It's just, okay, now how do we, how do we actually make it work? Uh, I think it's the mechanics of it. I think is, is what I think some people, some people struggle with. You mentioned predictive uh, earlier, and I wanted to go back to that. Um, because, you know, again, this is, you're sitting on, you're sitting on a massive amount of data and getting back to Janet and her skills, not only where you found Janet, but also the skills that kind of comprise, uh, Janet kind of, you know, carried and gathered through all of her life experiences, et cetera, brought them to bear at the, at the work six months in. Okay. We know the skills, we know we found them, et cetera. What does that do? Because you mentioned predictive, but I want to make sure the audience kind of keep keeps with us 
in terms of what can that do if done well, if we know those things, what, what, what can that do and turn on for them? Essentially, once you know the skills and attributes that makes Janet successful at your unique company, well, that just becomes the blueprint or objective standard by which you're hiring again for that role or a similar role, right? All of a sudden, you're no longer guessing or pulling a generic JD from online opening a role. You can truly uh, tailor your search for the unique predictors that becomes part of your recruiting pitch, that becomes part of your interview scorecard, that also becomes part of your assessments um, that then can help you find another Janet much quicker and much, much more efficiently, which is good for the hiring manager, good for the candidate, and good for the company. Everybody wins there. We we do we, we metrics is plural in our in the title of the show, and we focus a lot on quality of hire, which it's you know if we focus all of our energy there, that's fine. Um, but but something that's been kind of gnawing at me uh, for a year or so is response time, like the things we learned in, in kind of marketing, B two B marketing in particular, is you know how can we get back to people. Uh, as fast, fast seconds, minutes, hours—you know that type of mentality—but also in a highly personalized way. So I just want to get your take on kind of: Do you think response time or something like that is thing are things that we should be looking at in terms of metrics? I think that response times do absolutely impact whether or not uh, the candidate will end up saying yes to the company and the offer, right? Um, it's shown there in the research that the faster that you can move someone through a process, you have to, uh, the higher chance they'll actually accept the offer. But the trick that you also mentioned, William, is, well, how do you balance off that speed with personalization? Right. Because if you were to respond within seconds with a canned message, but then you were to respond in a few hours with a more personalized message, actually, it's the personalization, even if it takes just a few hours more, that will lead to a better candidate experience, will lead to you getting more information and lead to ultimately a higher offer acceptance rate. Um, so I think that there should be a piece in terms of responsive times, like SLAs, but don't over-optimize for it or else you're going to over-optimize to zero and you're going to end up just kind of having a leaky bucket effect of, yes, you're getting a lot, you're doing a lot of activities, but nothing's coming out on the other side. I love it. So other metrics that are kind of in, that you start seeing outside of quality of hire that you're seeing that are important to your clients, what are some of the, the, the spectrum of things that, that uh, I would say new metrics that, that are really becoming interesting to them? There's been one um big topic that's also been coming up and it's around hiring manager satisfaction. Ooh. And I really love that also coming up to the forefront because at the end of the day, hiring is a team sport. Right. Right. And unfortunately, right. We have recruiters that if a hire doesn't work out, they, they get blamed. Right. Where they're like, Hey, it's the recruiter that didn't bring the right candidate in, but that's actually not true because it's the hiring team that helped assess the candidate. And it's the hiring manager that ultimately made the decision and is now setting up the person up for success, right? And so if something doesn't work out, there's actually a variety of different uh, variables that 
would have led them to not work out. And unfortunately, without anything other than looking at recruiters and how fast they're working, the recruiters could get blamed, which is not what we want. So when we have this other bucket here, which is all of a sudden hiring managers, how engaged are they? How involved are they? How satisfied are they? That also becomes a way to uh, really first give credit where credit is due and give ownership where ownership is due that the hiring managers need to be involved and also engaged to make a successful hiring decision. I love it. So how do you see this playing out long-term in terms of, uh, do you see this kind of full-on Yelp or Glassdoor where everyone's got ratings? Candidates got ratings, the recruiter has ratings, the hiring manager have ratings. And so there's kind of a more transparent process for everyone. Uh, because I, I love kind of the emphasis on you know, hiring managers and understanding their satisfaction. Um, but I kind of foresee that, okay, that's great because we're going to identify you know, the horrible hiring managers versus the ones that are really good at it. Um, but I also kind of think that, okay, what about, <laughs> what about recruiters? And also, what about candidates? So I, you know, don't want to lead the witness, but what do you, what do you, how do you see this kind of playing out in the future? I wouldn't go as far as to say that all these ratings will be made public, right? Um, but in the way it plays out is, I do see that companies should start looking more at their internal processes and saying, how can we be better at hiring, rather than right now most of the responsibility seems to be placed on the candidate, which is, oh, how do we just find good candidates? So it's all about how do we make the, how do we actually create some reciprocity in the hiring process so that the companies are not just always looking after the great candidates, but also looking at their internal great processes, who are great recruiters, who are great hiring managers, how do we train and disseminate best practices across the organization so that we're just, elevating how hiring is done um, across the entire organization for the good of everyone. I love it. So, so with the two things that we're talking about, we quality of hire and hiring manager satisfaction, um, do you, do you now, or do you foresee in the future creating kind of baselines so that people can, you know, understand where they are as an organization, but also maybe against the industry using metadata, et cetera, and be able to then say, okay, we're, our metric is what we know, but what, how are we doing compared to others like us? Searchlight already provides a baseline on things like quality of hire uh, that then is broken down into, well, what are the great hiring managers? What are the great recruiters? What are the great departments? And the factors that impact quality of hire. And so absolutely, we're finding that the value is not just how do we put this feedback loop on autopilot? It's then how do we create benchmarks so that as you improve, you, you have a direction of where to aim and you have some relativity in understanding where you are today versus the rest of the market. And what our dream is that overall with Searchlight or any sort of changes to the way companies are managing how they hire, the overall benchmark for high quality hiring goes up. Because if that happens, well then as a whole, the right people are in the right roles in the right company, uh, a greater percentage of the time which will lead to massive value for the world. And you can see that being split by company size, uh, industry, you know, all kinds of maybe even maturities, uh, all kinds of cool things that, again, when you're inside of a company and you're doing this, you're doing your bit, you know what you know, but you have no idea compared to you. You might be ahead. 
you might be going amazing and and you might be being leaned on by the executive team like we need to do more faster this that and the other and it's like eh, mm-hmm. com- compared to companies of our size in our industry in our geography whatever the bit is yeah actually we're killing it so, or you know the opposite could also be true um, i would actually yeah go ahead. i would actually say the the most interesting insights i actually are coming up are looking at departments within companies right oh, so one is what is the overall of the company against other companies but actually what we're realizing is departments within a single company have very different you know quality of hire scores and so this actually is what allows uh, the head of people and talent and the recruiters to be much more thoughtful with their resources because no one has unlimited bandwidth but they get to focus their time in saying okay this department is actually doing really well but this other department isn't so let's focus our time on helping the ones that aren't doing as well and because we're now speaking a universal language of quality and business impact which is what business leaders care about this also leads to better business leader buy-in in terms of having them saying oh yeah we should be spending more time on uh, improving hiring quality and we need to get our hiring managers on board to support recruiters in making this all happen so it actually galvanizes the entire company towards this common goal of better recruiting. So so two questions left. One is uh, the offer acceptance rate. Uh, I know it's been around for uh, a thousand years, but I'm really interested in this for for some reason it's, it's just <laughs> it's on my it's on my mind like if we've done this well and we've worked with a candidate all the way through the process, and again, been very transparent and community communicative and all of those things. Why would that number be low, like lower? Like, like again, I don't want to make it the be all end all, obviously metric, but I always, I'm always, I don't know. I'm always blindsided by people talking to me like, well, yeah, it's you know, one in third, well, you know, but 33%. I'm like, huh? Why? Why? <laughs> like, I don't fundamentally understand that. So, I don't want to make it the be of all. It's it's obviously clearly not to be all end all metric, but what what's your take on why that's why that's even lower than what it should be? I think the offer acceptance rates being as low as they are is absolutely the negative consequence of this over this focus on velocity, ah. right? So huh. there was this McKinsey study that came out um, that said, you know, at the end of the day what people want is to feel like they're valued and feel like they belong in a company, right? And that absolutely would impact whether or not someone accepts a role. And so when you have a situation where let's say that you are a candidate and you have recruiters who are just trying to respond to you as fast as possible, trying to rush you through an interview process as fast as possible. And yes, the the, the time to hire could be low, right? They've gotten you through that process in, I don't know, 10 days. But then you as a candidate get an offer and you're like, wait a minute, I don't feel like I'm understood or I don't feel like I understand the company. I don't know if I'll belong here. And so of course the candidate will say, ooh, I don't know if I wanna accept this offer. So this is where um, I would see that a better balance between speed and quality will improve offer acceptance rates. Love it. Last thing, and I should have asked you this earlier, but the usage of Searchlight, 
Um, is it is it uh, obviously heads of talent, heads of recruiting, or is it more nuanced into recruiting operations, or like who who actually uses the product? We see ourselves being this critical link between the head of people, the head of talent, the head of talent ops, and also um, a really cool department we're seeing come up increasingly, which is a head of talent insights mm-hmm. that also can link to L and D. Right. Um, right. And business leaders that are also very invo- invested in hiring. And so I would say this too, with recruiting and their metrics, when they're overly focused on time to fill, it's easy to just stay within your own silo. But the best recruiting organizations recognize that they have to break down those silos and connect their work and their metrics and their performance to the rest of the business. So the more that we can create this link from recruiting to the rest of the HR org, from L&D, ops, and then up to the head of, heads of people, that is where talent and recruiting can get a strategic seat at the table and they could be rewarded for the great work that they're doing. Drops my walks off stage. Carrie, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. And thanks for everyone listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live Podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at Recruiting Daily.